0: The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome everybody to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Monday, May the 29th and we have a full slate of games for Tuesday, May the 30th in MLB to get across. And this evening we have, I would say, the two hardest working men on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. First of all, Mr. Munaf Manji, Munaf, what's happening?
1: Uh, Not much. Uh, Memorial Day here. Uh, So, first of all, uh, I want to say thank you to those who have served, uh, whether they're um, they've passed away or living. Wouldn't be able to do what we do without the service to the country. So thank you for that. Uh, and also, we had day baseball today as well. So uh, it's been a good day. Uh, got a couple winners across the board so far. So hopefully, we can uh, continue the momentum onto the Tuesday games.
0: Uh, just when we were playing the little introduction there, Moonaf, you seem to be giving yourself a little slap around the face to lagging yourself up. Is the, um, is the baby winning the battle at the moment? Is he, has he got one up on you?
1: He's like minus 25,000 right now on me.
0: <laughs> oh, right. He's got you right where he wants you already. <laughs> well, get used to it, mate. Uh, and um, our third wheel tonight, uh, an absolute pleasure. I've just been explaining it. The last 500 interactions that me and Scott have had together are always at the exact opposite ends of the clock. I sent him a message in the middle of the night, and he sends me one 12 hours later, like a little thumbs up. But we actually get to talk tonight. Uh, it's Mr. Scott Reichel.
2: Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to going through the card for Tuesday. Bit of a weird baseball day because we've had four completed games today and four shutouts which I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, maybe you can tell me if you can recognize that happening before, but four finals and one team did not score in every game. That's a little weird, yeah. isn't it? I know Moon, I've said, yeah, we've had a
0: few games across the line already. I, yeah, I've had a couple of winners as well, Moon. I took the Rangers in play. Uh, I think they were the fifth inning when the score was tied, got them at minus minus one twenty. Uh, the Guardians-Orioles' first five under was like free money. Uh, Logan Allen absolutely shoved in that one. Tyler Wells pitched really well as well. Uh, Cleveland broke it later up. I know Scott had his heart broken by the Chicago Cubs beating Tampa Bay 1-0. Uh, Marcus Stroman threw a complete game shutout and yeah, very much enjoyed himself.
2: My breakdown was the Cubs' bullpen. They're going to probably keep the game close. The wind was blowing in and Wrigley, so it was supposed to be a really ugly game. But I thought, you know, you hang in there, let the Cubs' bullpen implode. And unfortunately, I'm still waiting for that bullpen to implode because they didn't pitch. So that didn't mean, yeah, really Strow- Strowman was just great, but either way.
0: And then the other one, the Kansas City Royals somehow shut out the St. Louis Cardinals, although that just, uh, Adam Wainwright fell very much into the old man feed. Uh, system that I've been employing recently. So yeah, the Royal should have the cards 7-0. I am kinda of, I'm sweating at under four and a half in the first five between the twins and the Astros currently four to nothing. So I'm just half on the right side. Um I need another nine out so that one's in the balance. But yeah, ahead on the day. Uh so we will take it. Uh tomorrow Tuesday there is no day spall at all for me to enjoy. Uh, so we will start with a six forty Eastern first pitch between the Texas Rangers and the Detroit Tigers. Martin Perez, left-handed pitcher, goes for Texas. And Alex Fayedo takes the ball for Detroit. Uh, Minus 140 on the Rangers, plus 120 on the Tigers. Total is set at eight and a half. And we will come straight across to Scott to break this one down for us.
2: Yeah, so just to go through some notes here, Perez has been really good all season long. He's been good lately as well. Last two starts, 14 innings pitched, four runs total. Divided up amongst uh, pretty evenly because he went seven innings, two runs in each of the last two. And Fajardo has been okay, been decent at home, though. 12 innings pitched, 3.75 ERA. Meanwhile, the Rangers have been playing some good baseball lately. Uh, they've won, I believe, five of their last six. For me, though, I do think there's some value on Texas if you want to just back the better team. We know how good the Rangers' offense has been. Perez has been solid. But I do think the under actually has some value at 8.5. Detroit has been playing better lately, but offensively, they're, I'd say, mediocre at best, and Texas won the first game 5 nothing. But I think both starters can actually offer something here, and I feel like this number is a little bit high, I'm going to lean to the Rangers and lean to the under.
0: Yeah, the Alex Fayedu is his numbers initially, if you just have a little glance at them, it, it could put you off a little bit. Um, but he's he's a pitcher, he's one of these A rookies and B Detroit players that Noah would turn us on to regularly. Um and he's pitching to a 074 whip, um, which is more than acceptable. So if he's not letting too many. Uh, runners get on base, then Texas are going to struggle. Texas just score runs for foot. I can see this being a very similar game to today's game, the game I just mm. watched this afternoon, where Detroit kept it tight for five or six innings. Ultimately, the Rangers lineup will get to you because that's just what they've been doing. So, yeah, um, I like Texas um, and also the the under. So, yeah, I'm exactly on the same page as Scott Moon. I thought, did you think? Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um,
1: Just to add on to the Detroit Tigers offense, uh, they are bottom in the league in most statistical offensive categories against left-handed pitching. You Take a look at team batting average, number 29 out of 30 teams, WRC+. They are uh, number 26 out of 30 teams, so not very good. And Martin Perez did have one start last season against these Detroit Tigers, seven innings, so they only allowed – um, one earned run in that span, and I do believe that Texas did get the victory in that game, yeah, three to one. So, against uh, Malcolm, you said uh, probably something similar to what we saw today. Um, four one, you know, low scoring Texas uh, gets the win. I wouldn't mind getting on their run line here either, as
0: or either. Uh, no bullet. Um, the comment section live and kicking, as always. Some of the usual faces in there, Captain Insane TV, DBJ Blaine Sphy. Um, good evening, gents. How you doing? By all means, stick your uh, stick your picks in the chat uh, and we will shout them up as we go. Uh, next game on the card is 6.40 Eastern first pitch. The San Diego Padres at the Miami Marlins. Left-handed pitcher Ryan Weathers uh, for the Friars and Sandy Alcantara goes for Miami. Minus, well, sorry, plus 120 on the Padres. Minus 140 on the Marlins. Total of seven and a half. Back to Scott.
2: Yeah, so for this one, even though Alcantara hasn't exactly been great this year, he's still better than Weathers. It's not even close. And as a Yankees fan, I did see a decent amount of the Padres over the weekend. Damn, that bullpen's bad. Like, really, really bad. I watched them on Sunday, and Darvish got shelled. The bullpen came in. They weren't great either. But the Padres are just, every year we have a couple of teams that have a bunch of money. They spend it all, and they disappoint. And I feel like San Diego is just the perfect example of that. But you have Alcantara at home. Marlins off a sweep. Nice sweep there against the Angels in the West Coast. Now they're returning home. Alcantara can give you potentially eight shot on in innings, maybe nine if he's back on track. But I know he's been a bit underwhelming this year. But to look at the actual numbers here. Weathers' the last two appearances, 11 and two-thirds, 6.17 ERA. San Diego's also lost seven of their last 11 games. It feels a bit cheap to get Alcantara at this price. I'm going to take Miami.
0: So yeah, Miami there, um, and yeah, he's right. Ryan Weathers is, is really quite tricky to back, and it, it, his last two road starts have been absolutely terrible as well. I'm not sure if Alcantara still got it, like he's walking far too many batters, which is kind of an indication of where he is. I thought the seven and a half was a little bit too low here, um, I thought both pitches would be good for a couple, and then Scott just made the case with the bullpen as well, so yeah, over seven and a half for me uh, in that one, Munaf.
1: Yeah, I like Sandy here and the Marlins as well. Um, kind of Going back to what I talked about, left-handed pitching, where Tigers have struggled, but the uh, Marlins have actually been really good against left-handed pitching so far this season, at least from a statistical standpoint. Uh, 307 batting average over the last two weeks against left-handed pitching. WRC Plus it's at uh, number seven. Uh, slugging percentage is also at number six. So they're doing very well against left-handed pitching. Um, Sandy, I know he hasn't been... The guy that he was last year in Cy Young form, I mean, you're only going to regress about how well he did pitch last year. But um, at this price, I do like uh, Sandy here uh, at mine, what is it, minus 140, I think the number was, if I'm not mistaken, or minus 145 now. So I'll take the uh, Miami Marlins money line here.
0: Next up, 705 Eastern, the Cleveland Guardians and the Baltimore Orioles, Cal Quantrill takes the ball for Cleveland and Kyle Gibson, goes for Baltimore, plus 125 on the Guardians, minus 145 on Baltimore, total set at eight. Uh, Just before we get into this one tonight, uh, Chris in the chat pointing out that um, Logan Allen was absolutely outstanding again tonight. He looked like a Cy Young candidate. What I thought of Logan Allen tonight was he just looked like someone who spent the last couple of years dealing with a pitch clock, et cetera, in, He was just completely and utterly unfazed. He had such a lovely rhythm um, and you can see people are comfortable with it compared to um, sort of like my old guy fade people who were struggling. And Logan Allen just looked really, really sharp tonight. Just a lovely rhythm uh, to what he was doing. So this one, uh, Kyle Quantrill was hit for six earned runs uh, by the White Sox last time and then for each in his two starts before that. Kyle Gibson absolutely shoved against the Yankees last time out. Um, Pitched seven innings, only gave up two hits and no earned runs. I have been prepared to fade Baltimore lately, um, but not this time. I was disappointed with their offense tonight, actually, um, but I think they'll have an easier job against Quantrill than they did against Logan Allen tonight. Um, they're just about back. Well, I don't feel great about it, but I'll take Baltimore uh, at minus 145. Moonaf, what have you got yet?
1: Yeah, I are going to get a feel for this game. Uh, Baltimore, uh, this season after a loss, they are 13-6 and six, um, straight up. Kyle Gibson, like you mentioned, he's coming off for two really good outings, which was against uh, two divisional opponents in the Blue Jays and the Yankees, both of which were on the road. 14 innings combined in those two starts, seven hits, only allowed one earned run. So hopefully he can carry that into this game against the Cleveland Guardians, who thus far this season have struggled uh, offensively. I know they scored five runs today in a in a shutout victory, but you know I'm I haven't been able to trust Cal Quantrill. I mean, he has starts where he's looked decent, and there's starts like he had in his last game where he allowed six earned runs to the Chicago White Sox. So uh, I think Kyle Gibson can do the form here. All back the Orioles
0: here. So twenty-two two for Baltimore. Is it a team right, Scott?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence here because I know Cleveland in the past couple of years has been really good whenever Quantrill's on the mound. This year, not so much, but still. The question is, do I really want to lay 145 with Gibson? And I know Gibson this year has been better than of years past, but 145, though, like, it feels a little bit rich to me. I'd feel a lot better if it was, like, 130. But at 145, I think I'll take a spin – Maybe on a team total, maybe I'll just ignore one of the pitchers and just try to hope that one of them implodes. But I do think at the end of the day, looking at just the money line price, I think I'm going to take a spin with Cleveland solely because I feel like laying 145 with Gibson long-term is probably not a good idea. I'm going to lean to Cleveland. I don't feel great about it. But once again, I feel better about maybe a team total and you just ignore Quantrill altogether. You ignore Gibson altogether. And hope one, one of these offenses actually wakes up.
0: You know, you've put in a nutshell there, Scott, what I felt about this Baltimore thing, because I've been fading Gibson kind of repeatedly. Um, and I do feel like I have to give him a chance, but I still think I'm right, which is why I'm just, like I say, a little bit shaky about this uh, tomorrow. Probably won't make it high up on my list of things that I'll be putting money on. Um, I'm not better <laughs> Yeah, not yeah, bad this game just all, but... there's, there's, there's better options. Um, couple of new faces, uh, always nice to see. Holy Bud, uh, hello, welcome along. Uh, Scott's getting some love as well uh, off T-Rock 3 in the chat. So lovely to have uh, everyone along with us tonight. 7.07 Eastern first pitch is the Milwaukee Brewers at the Toronto Blue Jays. Adrian Hauser for Milwaukee. And Yusei see left-handed pitcher for Toronto. Plus 150 on the Brewers. Minus 170 on the Blue Jays. Total at nine and a half. after take it away.
1: Yeah, um, Adrian Hauser gets a start here for the Brewers, who's been really good thus far, or at least in the two starts that he's had over the last two games, which was against two really good offenses in the Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Combined 11-1 third innings pitch, only allowed six hits, zero earned runs to those two offenses. So he's been uh, really good thus far. Um, On the other side, Kikuchi, uh, left-handed pitcher, I'm not sure if I can lay a minus 170 price with uh, Kikuchi. He's coming off of a start against the Tampa Bay Rays where he did allow five earned runs and five innings pitched there. Um, and he's had three straight starts where he's allowed at least three earned runs. Uh, three of his last five starts, he's allowed at least five earned runs. But he's been better at um, at home for the Toronto Blue Jays with a 2-1 and one record and a 3.54 ERA. I think the edge where... Um, kikuchi and the blue jays will have is that i talked about how bad the tigers are are against left-handed pitching well the milwaukee brewers are the worst team against left-handed pitching um at least season long so the last two weeks they are the third worst as far as team batting average WRC plus uh they are number 27 slugging percentage they are number 25 so bottom of the barrel for the uh milwaukee brewers here I feel like this number, uh, the total was a little rich here. I think I saw it at a nine and a half. I like the under there. If I was going to back the Blue Jays here, I'd probably look at the run line. But I think my more favorite play in this game is the under nine and a half.
0: Uh, Kikuchi's getting a lot of love in the comments uh, of Mark and Chris and people. Um, Scott, how do you feeling about taking minus 170 about Kikuchi?
2: I'm not I'm not laying 175 with Kikuchi. I know that Milwaukee's numbers against left-handed pitching are atrocious, but I'm with Munaf. I like the under here. Hauser has been good so far this season, and even though Kikuchi has been struggling a bit lately, he was really, really good when the season started, and then his ERA now is at about 4.5, which is where most people probably thought it was going to be. During the, during the actual season, but I'm going to lean to the under as well. Nine and a half feels really high for a Milwaukee team that really cannot hit against left-handed pitching. I have a hard time, though, laying 175 with Toronto because I despise their manager. I think he's an abysmal manager, and I think he's going to get fired at some point soon, which might be why this team's struggling so far this season. But I'm with you on the under. I think that I'm going to dare Milwaukee to actually show up against a left-handed pitcher, and in, until they do so, I'll keep taking the under. Maybe a team total under for Milwaukee if you're scared of maybe Toronto waking up. But I do think at the end of the day, I have faith in Hauser to some degree. And it's mostly just fading Milwaukee's batters against lefties. So I'm with Munaf on the under.
0: Um, Absolute team right. I didn't have to look very far into this, really. While I saw that number at nine and a half, Uh, Hauser's been pitching well in low-scoring games most of the time. Um, Kikuchi's been decent at home. The number just looked far, far, far too high. So, yeah, pretty straightforward. Quick pick uh, under nine and a half. Uh, we will move on once I've told you about Edge Boost. Um, if you haven't signed up, you are missing out. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card, similar to other buy now pay later programs. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, zero percent interest. Simply deposit funds into your account. Edge Boost will match the deposit, so you can use double the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances. That's up to $2,500 you can add to your bankroll. Our Edge Boost double down play of the day will be coming up when we give our locks out later on. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 or older. Only valid illegal gambling states. Problem gambler. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Next we go to... Let's get this screen loaded up. Ah, oh, I've opened the wrong one. I've opened today's scores, not tomorrow. Um, 7-10 is the Cincinnati Reds and the Boston Red Sox. Ben Lively uh, for Cincinnati and Brian Bellow for Boston. Uh, plus 165 on the Reds, minus 185 on the Red Sox. And the total is set at 10, Munaf.
1: Yeah, I think this is another game where I, I don't think I can lay minus 190 with Brian Bellow. I know, Mal, you're a huge fan of Bellow. Yeah, but, baby. I love him. Uh, ben Lively has been pretty good so far this season, uh, at least in the two starts that he's made for the um, for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, 11 and two-thirds innings pitch. He's had eight strikeouts in each of those starts. Uh, he's only allowed two earned runs in each of those starts, uh, seven hits combined in those two starts. So he's been going along very well um just hasn't gotten really or they did beat the Cardinals 10 to 3 and then they lost to the Yankees 6 to 2 so really the bullpen that really gave it up uh in that game against the Yankees but Brian Bello um Surprisingly he has been very good. I know he had the rough start in his first start against the angels, but since then he hasn't allowed more than he's allowed four earned runs or more just once. And over his last three starts, he's only allowed a combined five earned runs in about uh, 18 innings pitch. So it seems like he's finding some form here. Um, the ERA is a little bit higher at home, which I think a lot of that had to do with the five earned runs that he has a lot. He did give up to the angels, like I mentioned. So at home, he's allowed a uh, nine earned runs. Five of those were in one start against the angels. So, I feel like this is another total that's high here at 10. Um, I saw it at 9.5 and, and then moved to 10. I can't lay the minus 190 price with Bello, despite how well he is pitching. He is prone to giving up the home runs um, uh, in his starts. But at 10, I, I think I would probably look at a first five under because I don't trust his Red Sox bullpen because they are one of the worst. Um, so first five under for me between these two pitchers.
0: Um, yeah, Munaf, we're, we're, we're very much in sync tonight. The, the under 10 looked far too high. No secret that I'm a big fan of Bello. That angel start was that stupid, was it Patriot day where they started about eight o'clock in the morning? Um, yeah. And then it rained on and off for about three hours and they kept throwing him back out there. Him and Shohei and he were soaked to the skin, uh, just chucking up pie. So yeah, he put a line through with that completely. Uh, bello has been great. And Ben Lively, I am um, not on purpose, but I've ended up watching his last two or three appearances. Uh, and he's been sneaky good. Um, so, yeah, I thought this could be a bit of a slow burn. The 10 looked far too high for me, although Boston have been an overs machine. Um, Scott, did you like this total?
2: Uh, I do want to ask you something quickly, though. How do you accidentally watch somebody's last three appearances? <laughs> How does that happen? Well,
0: it just depends on what time stuff's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, because a lot of what happens is I'm in bed. So if there's an early game, it just so happens that Ben Lively's been on a lot. I'm like, oh, it's Ben Lively again. So, yeah, I've accidentally watched. I accidentally do quite a lot of things, Scott. You learn this.
2: I was going to say, because, you know, one or two times, that's fine. But like three straight starts, <laughs> that seems yeah. to going out of your way. That does sound like something I should be saying in court. Um, Scott's just disappeared as well,
0: Munaf. Was that you, have you pulled the plug on him, moonoff Oh, he's back. I did, no, no, he probably just got disconnected. He's back. I'll add. Um, there we go. I, I didn't accidentally do that, in case you're uh, worried. Uh, Joey Day is arrived in the chat. Good evening, Joey. How are you doing? Uh, Scott,
2: yeah, we lost you. but you are back. How are you yeah, doing? I lagged out there for a second. Sorry about that. Uh, before this actual start, I think I agree with you guys. Uh, I think this total's a bit too high. Bellow's overall numbers aren't great, but the last couple of starts, he's been... Really good. I mean, just to go through the numbers here, seven innings, two runs, five innings, one run, six innings, two runs, five innings, two earned, and five innings, one run. So yeah, he's given up less than three or three runs in uh, four of the last five starts. So I do think this number feels a bit high. This does feel like a game where the total might be very high because maybe the winds can be blowing out because once again, Waiwe's numbers are actually good. The home runs are an issue though. Uh, When you're looking at the actual home runs per inning averages for both guys, they're kind of neck and neck with each other. So you got to hope nobody's on base when they give up a couple of home runs, maybe, but I'm going to lean to the under here. I do think though, I'm going to lean more to the first five under, as you said, because I don't really trust the bullpens for either team. Cincinnati did well this weekend against the Cubs, scored a bunch of runs, won a couple games there. But if you want to look at Boston's offense for the last couple of games here, I know they were on a long road trip. They've really been brutal offensively. I just want to read off some of the numbers here, just game by game during that road trip. So these are the numbers scored over the past week or so. Two runs, two runs, seven. Three runs, zero runs, one run, zero. So they've scored less than four runs in six of their last seven games. I'm going to go with the under. Boston has been a good over team all year long, but I feel like a lot of this number is based on the overall body of work instead of the recent results. But Boston, once again, they have not been hitting the ball that well lately, so I'm going to go with the under. Okay,
0: love that. Everyone's on the under. Uh, 7-10 Eastern first pitches, the Philadelphia Phillies at the New York Mets. Uh, Ranger Suarez left-handed pitcher for the Phillies. And Kodai Senga will go for the New York Mets. Plus 110 on the Phillies, minus 130 on New York. And the total is set at 8.5. Ranger Suarez is now three games into... um, this season since his belated appearance um, 0-1 with a 982 ERA, all three starts have been poor, Um, Rusty doesn't quite do it justice. as he's pitched 11 innings, giving up 17 hits and 12 earned runs Um, Senga had a couple of wobbles on the road um, but he has been great at home, he started four games uh, at City Field with 157 ERA including a start against Tampa Bay last time out which he only gave up one earned run um, the Mets haven't been winning, but they have been scoring runs. Um, I know they've been in Colorado for three. Um, they've scored 32 runs in the last four, uh, but they did score 10 uh, the day before they, they went to Colorado um, in a game with the Cubs as well. Um, Alvarez suddenly hitting well to catch. Uh, Philly struggling, 11-18 on the road. Um, and the Mets owned Philly last year at all. This is the first time they've seen them this year, 14-5. and five. Was the series record last year. And if you wanted a little bat and prop, it's not going to win any prizes for originality. But Peter Alonso hit six bombs um, off Philly in 2022. Um, and he's hitting them for fun already this season. This is a great spot for the Mets here. I think minus 130 is a very workable price. That'll be on my list of things to bet, Scott.
2: Yeah, for me, it's either going to, I'm going to go with the Mets and the over here. Uh, you mentioned how Suarez, people kind of waited to actually make an appearance should have been more bullied because he's been really, really bad. So I'm not going to back Suarez at all. I think the Mets tee off on him. And until I see Suarez have a, even a decent start, I'm going to fade him entirely. Senga's been good at home. And he has a 1.57 ERA at home. But I do think Philly can get to him. And the Mets' bullpen has been a bit underwhelming lately. So I am going to lean to the over. I think it's mostly going to be the Mets, though, uh, with a little bit of lean to the over there. But I think Sang is good enough to get the job done. But I do think Philly has enough weapons to make life difficult at times for him and that bullpen. So I might just be all over the Mets' team total over here. Suarez is just not, simply put, not very good. And when you, ha- when you don't have a 95-plus mile-per-hour fastball to rely on and you're throwing mostly junk, that's not going to go well in 2023. And the Mets kind of tee off on him. And I think that as a result, we'll see the Mets probably break it open in this game. I wanted to quickly pull up the Mets in numbers against left-handed pitching. It's mediocre. Uh, they're tied for 18th uh, in OPS against lefties. But it's mostly just fading Suarez. I can't trust this guy. So I'll go with the over and I'll go with the Mets.
0: Uh, Moon, are you on the
2: same side?
1: Yeah, it's probably Mets uh, team total. Whether it's first five innings or full game here, uh, Senga. If you just look at the home roads, but it's like you know, both you and Scott mentioned, it, it's it's a night and day difference for him. Yeah, uh, twenty five innings on the road, seventeen runs allowed. Uh, twenty three innings at home, only four runs allowed. Now I know he's faced some of the weaker offenses at home. Um, outside of the Rays, it's been the Rockies, the Nationals, and the Marlins at home for him. So. Um, I think it's more just as a fate of Ranger Suarez. Uh team total overs as well. Hopefully it comes in at two and a half for the Mets and then a full game of four and a half. So I'll be on those overs.
0: Yeah, the uh all the watchers um are in agreement as well. Everyone likes the overs there. Uh 745 Eastern First pitches the Kansas City Royals at the St. Louis Cardinals. Zach Greinke for the Royals and Miles Mikolas for the Cards. Plus plus one sixty on Kansas minus 180 on St. Louis with a total of nine. Uh, Zach Greinke, one and five on the year, 455 ERA. He's pitched all right lately, uh, 273 ERA in his last five, including two decent road starts, uh, which generally speaking has been his Achilles heel. Um, he's got a career 331 at the cards as well, so not an awful lot to worry about. Uh, Miles Mikolas is three and one on the year with a 423 ERA. Um, his last five starts, 2 and oh, all, ERA, including seven scoreless against Cincinnati last time out. Um, he's quite reliable, Nicholas. We've got a pitcher later on who's making, I think, making his second start of the season, Kyle Hendricks, who's kind of my kryptonite. And I watched Miles Nicholas last week and he reminded me a little bit of him. He, he lives very much on the peripheries. He's, he nibbles around the edges. Um, but if you don't get a Nicholas early, he will settle in. And it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. Um, facing him. St. Louis have won his last four starts. Um, Kansas City got there one today, um, and that'll probably be them for the series. So I think St. Louis on the run line here. Um, I'm not sure Greinke is that reliable uh, away from home. So I'll take St. Louis on the run line, Munaf.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. Uh, Cardinals have won four straight starts with Mikolas starting. Uh, Zach Greinke has been a guy that I want to fade when he's on the road, but... Um, He hasn't given up the runs, but at the same time, the Royals haven't been able to win those games uh, either. They've lost three straight starts, um, two of which were against the White Sox and the Brewers uh, when Grinky did start those games. So um, I know the Cardinals have been really bad this year, but I think this spot for them against one of the worst teams uh in the mlb to get some wins here especially with grinky on the mound here so um i expect the cardinals to tee off but i i really like the form that Mikolas is in like you mentioned uh over his last what four games he's been really good so cardinals run line is probably the way that you want to look at it uh look at it i think that if they do when they do win by margin here but um i wouldn't be opposed to a cardinals team total over in this uh, spot either
0: uh scott uh, royals at cards
2: yeah, Granky has been atrocious on the road, 6.66 road Array. Having said that, I'm not laying 190 with, with St. Louis. I don't care who they're playing. Like that, That's an insane price for a really bad St. Louis team. I know the Royals have been worse, but still. I think the way I'm going to go about it is taking the Royals team total under. I'm just going to completely ignore uh, who's going to win the game, and I think I'm just going to focus on the recent former Mikolas, and you said that he's been really good. also going to throw out that the Royals are really bad offensively on the road. In fact, they're so bad, they're dead last. They're averaging 3.44 runs per road game. So they can't score in other stadiums. And I do think because of that, I'm going to stay away from Granky's recent form. I'll ignore him entirely. I'll ignore the minus 190 price or whatever the run line price is going to be. Just give me Kansas City team total under. I'll back Nicholas and Nicholas only. And that's how I'm going to go about it.
0: 805 Eastern first pitch. The Tampa Bay Rays, at the Chicago Cubs. Shane McClanahan, left handed pitcher. For Tampa Bay and the aforementioned uh, Kyle Hendricks goes for the Chicago Cubs. The Tampa Bay Rays are minus 180. Uh, the Cubs are plus 160. We have no total. Um, and who's got this game? I think it says Moon Aff. Moon yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, McClanahan, like you
1: mentioned, gets a start here for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh I think a Cy Young favorite for a reason. I think he is a Cy Young favorite uh, in the American League, if I'm not mistaken. He should be. But, he's got a one yeah.
2: one nine seventy or a 8-0. He should be the Cy yeah. Young
1: favorite. 8-0, a- 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 and he's 4-0 on the road, 4-0 at home. The ERA is a little higher on the road with a uh, at 3.00 versus at home with that 1.22. But um, I think there's a good bounce back spot here for the Rays after lo- uh, losing one nothing here tonight or this afternoon against the Chicago Cubs in games after a loss. Tampa Bay Rays are 11-5 straight up. I would say 68.6, uh, 68.8% winning percentage there. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, like, uh, Malcolm, you alluded to, this is going to be his second start of the year. Last start was against the New York Mets where the Mets, uh, did win that game 10 to one. He allowed three earned runs in about four and one third innings pitch five runs overall did have two walks and six hits. He allowed in that game, um, so I think I do like the bounce back spot here. You probably want to take a look at the Rays' run line here, minus one and a half. You get all nine at-bats with the road team here in the ra- in the Rays. So I'll probably look at uh, a stack here with the Rays, minus one and a half on the run line and team total overs as well.
0: Uh, Scott, how did you feel about this?
2: Yeah, for me, I think Tampa's going to kill them. The only question is how do I want to bet it? Because you're waiting for Tampa to break out offensively, but with the Cubs, I do have to automatically look at the weather report And it's supposed to be another wind-blowing in-game at Wrigley. So expect another rock fight. But Hendrick's still not great. I at least have not been impressed by him for the last couple of years, to be honest. But McClanahan's great. I don't think the Cubs are going to score against him. I like the Cubs' first five team total under. The full game team total under. I see a really ugly game. I see like a 3-1 final, something like that. So I guess the full game under two. But I would be all over Tampa team total over if it was not blowing in. Wrigley, uh pretty badly it's supposed yeah. to be according to ballpark pal roughly a negative 26 percent uh 26 percent decrease in home run probability so i see a lot of long fly ball outs and i see a pretty quick game give me the under give me cubs team total under is my favorite play i really see like a 3-1-4-1 type final
0: yeah similar it's impossible to handicap it any other way i had tampa berries on the run line the same is Munaf. And you just know that Tampa Bay Rays are the sort of team and we're going to have a plan for Hendricks as well. They're not just going to roll up and see if they can hit him. Uh, they'll know exactly what they're doing uh, when they come to face him tomorrow. Um, talking about Cy Young, we forgot to mention Moonaf when uh, we talked about Texas a little while ago that Nate Yavaldi pitched another beauty tonight. We tipped him up when we were talking with Sean and Ryan last week at 20-1. to um, Picked five innings, to a lot of pitches, 95, but uh, another five scoreless. We'll bring his ERA down and we'll probably bring his odds down with it as well. So, yeah, Ivaldi very much on our radar. Um, okay, we will move on once I have told you about. Oof, are we still on Shady Rays? Now we're on the SGPN app, uh, home to all of your free picks and podcasts in one convenient place, plus exclusive free roll contest links. Download the SGPN app for free in the App Store or in the Google Play Store. Okay, next game up is an 8-10. Eastern first pitch between the Minnesota Twins and the Houston Astros. Joe Ryan for the Twins, another Cy Young uh, contender. And we have Brandon Bielak going for the Astros. Minus 125 on the Twins, plus 105 on the Strohs. Total is set at 8 for Scott.
2: Yeah, so they're in the middle of the game right now. So the stats I'm about to mention are, of course, not including the game happening right now. Uh, But to go through the recent form of both teams, Houston's been quietly really, really good. And Minnesota's been fine for the most part, but not great lately. Uh, Minnesota's lost seven of their last 10, and Houston has won 14 of their last 17. However, it's a bit weird because even though they've been winning this many games, the offense really hasn't been amazing. It was fine yesterday when they broke it open against Oakland. But for the most part, the offense has been a bit quiet, but the pitching's been really good, and Ryan's been really good for Minnesota, and especially that's true on the road. Uh, A 37-innings pitch, 2.19 ERA. Having said that, though, Houston's really a dog at home. Really? Plus 105 at home? I I mean, I I understand that Ryan's the better pitcher. I get that, but I got to take Houston. Uh, When you win 14 of 17... And we know how good Houston's been at home for I don't even know the last five ten years at this point. You're, you don't see him as a dog that often at home. Just give me the plus money.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Moonaf, your hometown Astros, you on them as well?
1: Uh,
2: I feel yeah, better in Minnesota. Mean, I get first that. Five. I understand. Like yeah, first five Minnesota that, maybe. Exactly but I don't trust I that bullpen at all.
1: Yeah, the exact that's what and that, and the time I see Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray on the mound it's first five innings for me uh with the Minnesota Twins. So we cashed both of those last week. Um and then I think it was it was I think it was a Sonny Gray start where the Twins were up after five innings and then they uh, gave it up to the Giants and it went out to lose the game outright. Uh, and then Joe Ryan the next day uh came out and got a 7-1 victory for the uh uh for the Twins against the Giants. So I think that I'm going to go with Joe Ryan in the first five innings, uh, like Scott mentioned. And I think that's kind of been the theme for me when I'm backing these two pitchers for the Minnesota twins, uh, it has been within the first five innings. Uh, the Astros have lost uh, three of the last four starts made by Belak um, thus far this season. Um so and those have been all starts. I know he's just started off as a reliever for the Astros, but with the injuries that they are dealing with uh in that pitching rotation, they brought him up to be a starter. So they have lost three Evan's last four starts. He also gave he also did give up three home runs uh to the Milwaukee Brewers in his last start in Milwaukee. So I'll go with Joe Ryan in the first five innings mon, uh, money line. Uh that should be a decent price.
2: Yeah, you also didn't mention the one win that Houston has with him in the last four was against Oakland, which doesn't really count. Yeah,
0: which yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. doesn't count. Um, I've got Minnesota down here uh, outright at minus 125. Um, just a couple of notes on Minnesota. They've got, um, I've made these notes earlier on, Royce Lewis back uh, from injury, top-ranked prospect, and only about half an hour ago, he had a three-run bomb in a little bit of the game last saw. So. so he's going to help out this fairly um, average Minnesota offense. And Max Kepler's back as well. So Minnesota getting a little bit of extra help. I thought Belak was a bit wobbly last time. Uh, and I would like to see him um, again before I put any money behind him. So that was my reasoning behind taking Minnesota. I just thought b that could be in a bit of a tough time tomorrow. So I'll take the Twins. 8 Eastern is the LA Angels at the Chicago White Sox. Left-handed pitcher Tyler Anderson for the Angels. And Lucas Giolito goes for the White Sox. One, plus 115 for the Angels. Minus 135 for the White Sox total. Set at eight and a half. Uh, first thing to mention on the White Sox, don't know if uh, Moonaf and Dylan mentioned this last night, that uh, Liam Hendricks is back, called up today uh, from his uh, bout of cancer. So great news story there. Good luck to him. Um, happy for happy for everyone involved there. Uh, Tyler Anderson is 2-0 and on the year with a 481 ERA. He had a really sluggish start. He's been putting it together. Um in the last few starts. He hasn't given up more than three in his last five starts. Um, Lucas Giolito had a bad start at Detroit last time, but he's much, much better at home. Different picture. 277. Might say 227. Can't read my own writing. Either way, it's decent. Um, hasn't been... He hasn't faced the greatest auto and um, but the Angels are on a bit of a skid. They've lost three in a row. Scott mentioned earlier they were swept by Miami. Um... I, I thought this was had the look of an under about it. Again, the number was too high. Eight and a half. I trust you, little at home. Anderson's putting it together. And neither offence... I mean, the, the the Angels have obviously got all the potential in there. But they're so streaky. Um, it was only sort of 10 days ago they got themselves five or six games back above 500. And then all of a sudden they've reeled their way back down to, I think, maybe one game above 500. Uh, two games, sorry, above 500. But they're just... Uh, every time you think they're going to get away, they're... they're, they're Sucked back into it, so yeah, they're on there a little bit of a downturn at the moment. Uh, so I thought that under eight and a half would be my play here, Scott.
2: I think if I was going to take an under, it'd be the first five because Chicago's bullpen. I want nothing yeah, to do reasonable. with at any point. But Giolito does give up a decent amount of home runs, giving up nine so far this season. Anderson's given up seven, so there could be some fly ball that turn into home runs. But then again, I mentioned the wind at Wrigley; it's not as bad here, but it's still blowing in to some degree. I think I'm going to take a spin here with the Angels. I don't feel great about it, but at the end of the day, I don't want to lay 140 with the White Sox. This is just a pretty underwhelming baseball team. Giolito is fine, but he still pitches to contact most of the time and he's giving up roughly a hit per inning. So I can't see the Angels getting something done here, but it's most of the bullpens here. The Angels' bullpen has been a pleasant surprise so far this season. The White Sox' bullpen we know is not very good. Hendricks might help, but once again, he hasn't pitched in a while, and I wonder when he'd actually be used. Is he just going to show up as the closer in his first appearance? Like, I, I doubt it. So I, I don't know what his role is going to be. I'll take a spin of plus money with the Angels. It looks like a coin flip game, so with that being the case, that feels like a good spot to take the Angels. Plus, Insane was mentioning it, but I believe Giolito walked seven guys in his last right. outing, and he only pitched like three innings. <laughs> so that's not exactly yeah. good for his control. I'm going to go with the Angels.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Munaf? Yeah,
1: this was a hard game for me to handicap uh as well. Um Giolito like I me- or like Scott mentioned, it does give up the home run ball. He's allowed at least one home run in five straight games. And now you have batters like Mike Trout coming into your ballpark, Shohei Otani coming in, Taylor Ward, those guys can all mash. Um Giolito is a guy that you do want to trust when he's at home because if you just look at the home and road splits, Two and one with a two point two seven ERA at home on the road. One and three with a five point six eight ERA. So, um, and traditionally, over the past several seasons, that Chicago, the at least the White Sox, have been a team that you want to back when they're facing left-handed pitching. But that really hasn't been the case this year because uh, they're uh, just below league average as far as statistical categories against left-handed pitching. So, uh, for me, it's probably. Angels, as well. If this number was cheaper on the White Sox at like around minus 125, minus 130 in that range, I would pull the plug on the White Sox. Maybe it does come back down a little bit. Right now, at minus 140, I couldn't get behind it.
0: Okie uh Cason has joined the, uh, the chat. Casey's flirting with me in the chat, it seems like, actually. They're making me blush, Cason. Good evening. uh Shut up, you, you got a groupie. Yeah. Yeah, don't knock it, I'll take anything at my age mate This physical condition I'm in I'll take anything I can get Uh, 9.40 Eastern first pitch The Colorado Rockies at the Arizona Diamondbacks Kyle Freeland Left-handed pitcher for the Rockies And Zach Gallen goes for the Snakes Who are a prohibitive minus 210 favourite Colorado plus 185 Total set at 8.5 Already seen some Gallen chat Uh, in the comments section tonight. Moonaf, what have you got?
1: Zach Gallanday, man. I love Zach Gallanday, especially at home. I mean, he's just been so dominant at home this season. 5-0 with a .77 ERA. He's pitched 35 innings, and he's only allowed three earned runs, 47 strikeouts to four walks at home. Hasn't allowed any home runs at home uh, thus far this season as well. Um, And it's been on the road where he's gotten into trouble because he's allowed 19 earned runs on the road where he has a five point four zero ERA, so a huge night and day difference for Zach Gallen uh, at home and on the road. Um, he's done fairly well against the uh, Rockies at home. Uh, I think over his he's had six career starts against the Rockies at home, and in those four starts, in those six starts, he's four and two straight up, and four and two um, on the run line. Kyle Freeland. Not a guy I want to trust um, at all. I know he's been, he hasn't been too bad this season. Four and five record with a 3.86 ERA. The um, three of his five losses actually have come on the road where he is uh, having a 4.71 ERA. 11 earned runs allowed in 21 innings on the road. Um, I'm going to trust Zach Gallen here. He's been dominant at home. I think that continues here. I'll take the run line minus one and a half, minus 110 is what I'm currently seeing right now. Or uh, it's up to minus 115 now for Zach Gallon and the Arizona Diamondbacks against the
0: Rockies. Um, okay, Scott, is there any other way of handicapping this?
2: Uh, Arizona's pretty mediocre against lefties, so I think that's going to bode well for them. We know Colorado every year is really bad away from cores. This year, they're also not great in cores, so it kind of balances out. <laughs> but Arizona solid team so far 30 and 23 they're only a game and a half back of the dodgers uh they're potentially going to be 16 and 12 at home if they win the game today rockies are on the verge of maybe being 9 and 17 on the road i'm taking gallon on the run line gallon's one of my favorite pitchers he has been for a couple years i liked him when he was with miami Uh, i remember watching him he had the glasses on and i'm like this guy's actually pretty good and they immediately traded him off but i'm gonna go with gallon here the Rockies on the road, I'll pass. And they have the much better starting pitcher here with Arizona. Give me the dime backs on the run along.
0: Um, I ended up on the over on this on eight and a half. Uh, Freeland has had a couple of better starts, but he's, he's way more suspect on the road. Um, and I thought Gallen was quite hittable uh lately. So, yeah, I was taking a little chance on the eight and a half. There's been plenty of runs in the game that's in play as we speak. Um, I checked it maybe 10 minutes ago. It was five to four. Uh, quite early on in that one, so yeah, I'm happy to see more runs. I know it was at home, but Colorado uh, did put back the ball quite well uh, against the Mets this weekend as well. So, it's
2: seven hopefully- by the way.
0: Yeah, oh, well then, so we'll we'll carry on with the run scoring series tomorrow. We'll get over the 8.5 9.40 Eastern first pitch is the Atlanta Braves at the Oakland Athletics. Bryce Elder uh, goes for the Braves, and J P C S left-handed pitcher will go for Oakland minus two fifty on Atlanta. Plus two ten on Auckland. Total set at eight. Munaf, you you all Auckland here. Braves run line next. (laughs) What's wrong with you, man? I mean, you really want to get into
1: a handicap about the Oakland A's and the Atlanta Braves here? Okay, I'll do it. Here we go. All right, so Bryce Elder on the season, 3-0 with a 2.01 ERA. On the road, he's 3-0 with a 1.93 ERA. Uh, JP Sears uh, hasn't been too bad over his last four starts uh, for the Oakland A's, but overall 0-3 with a 4.70 ERA uh, hasn't recorded a win just yet for the Oakland A's now. and then you take a look at the batting numbers for the uh, Atlanta Braves against left-handed pitching uh this season. They are number 1 in team batting average at 3.12, they are number 1 in on-base percentage at 372, they're number 2 in slugging percentage at 570, they are number 2 in OPS at 942 and then wrc plus they are number 2 as well. So I think this is going to be a series where I would not be surprised where the Braves put up at least seven runs in every single one of these games starting on Monday evening uh, and then carrying it to Tuesday and then Wednesday. I, I just think this is going to be a smash spot for the Braves all, uh, at least Monday through Wednesday, uh, for the Braves. So I can't look at it any other way. Minus one and a half, minus 135 for the Braves and probably look at taking their team totals to go over as well.
0: Scott, do you have a different angle in at all?
2: Not really. If I was going to, I would maybe consider, I don't know, like Oakland, something in the first five, if you actually have faith in Sears, but I I can't. Oakland is the worst team I've ever seen, and I mentioned this about a week into the season. You could tell during the offseason that they were blowing the whole team up and getting them ready to move to Vegas, but this is otherworldly how bad they are in terms of every metric imaginable. They have the worst run differential through the first like 50 games, arguably, in like the history of the sport. Like, it, it is bad. When you have numbers that are comparing to like 1895 baseball teams, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> Oakland is also bad everywhere. They are 5 and 23 at home, which means they are 5 and 22 on the road. So it doesn't matter. They have 10 fans that show up at every game. Uh, So the tickets are pretty cheap, but nobody goes anyway. Oakland's lost 11 straight. Atlanta, we know, is a great team. Elder's been really good. I got to go with the Braves on the run line. Even if Oakland does get a decent start from Sears, they also have the worst bullpen in the league, which doesn't help them out either. So give me Atlanta, Oakland once again. There's a serious conversation that needs to be had. Are they going to reach 40 wins? Is there a chance they win like 38 games? Like I'm not sure they reach 40 wins.
1: So Insano asked how many wins do they get? He said high thirties. I said 25.
2: <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, like, I, when I was thinking of bad teams a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago when I was on the show making a spot start on the podcast, I remember like the 04 Tigers won like I think 42 games, something that was really yeah. bad. Yeah. I don't think they're getting to 40. Like this is actually the worst team I've ever seen play the game. I got to go with the Braves here.
0: Um, as Yeah, as much as I agree with everything you've said, I, you, you mentioned, Scott, the bet that I like here. Uh, so I which say, I'm, so. I'm going to take... Oh, yeah, correct. I'm going to take Auckland on the first five here. Um, I like CS, He's serviceable. And just, with Bryce Elder this week, I don't know if you've seen this bit. There was quite a lot of noise around Twitter, a lot of fantasy-based noise is what it was, um, really about... Uh, how Bryce Elder's ERA is not remotely uh, reflective of of kind of some of his underlying metrics. Now, I didn't get into the conversation much more than that, really. Um, But, yeah, there's people who are setting up Bryce Elder uh, for a fall. Um, So he might not have to be a complete nutter uh, Because but if CS can hold it together tomorrow, then Oakland might just have a little chance of getting their noses in front uh, through five innings. So that's going to be my play. And it is bold, T-Rock, uh, but that's why I'm here. Uh, 9.40, Eastern first pitch is the New York Yankees at the Seattle Mariners. Left-handed pitcher, Nasty Nesta Cortez goes for the Yankees and Logan Gilbert goes for the Mariners. Plus 110 on the pinstripes, minus 130 on Seattle. Uh, total is 7.5. Cortez, 4-2 and two on the year, 5.30 ERA. He's still kind of struggling to put a sequence of good starts together. Uh, and he hasn't been great on the road. Um Logan Gilbert's been fine. Three and two on the Earth 360. Um, three or six in his last five, three or four at home. Um, he's really looked in control, in fact, in his last few starts. He's not allowing many base runners. Um, Seattle have picked up a little bit recently, since myself and Noah did the uh this division on uh futures Friday a couple of weeks ago. Um, tipped up Seattle, they've gone 6-1 on this home stand, they are they have a winning percentage of 640 so far on the month which I think is the third best MLB Um, they're above 500 in fact they're in the best position they've been uh, all season they're three games above 500 which is a season high Um, so yeah I like Seattle they're not hitting left handed pitching well that is an issue, I like Seattle here in a low scoring game so I would be happy I would happily take the under seven and a half. I would take Seattle. If you're feeling a bit frisky and you want to parlay them together, I wouldn't put you off that either. So, yeah, that's my reading of that one. Scott, Yankees at Mariners?
2: Yeah, for this one, I'm kind of on the fence either way, but Cortez's numbers are pretty fascinating because he has a 5.3 ERA. But if you ignore the third time through the order, He's really, really good. The problem is every time he faces a batter for the third time, he gets absolutely shelled. And if you go by inning, fifth inning onward, he gets absolutely killed. Uh, But to go through the numbers here, first time through the order, these are batting average numbers, 181. Second time through the order, 238. Third time through the order, 439. Anytime he faces a batter for the third time, they got to pull him. He's only going to go five innings. He just can't. See a guy for the third time. I think my favorite play is going to be a prop. Actually, I'm going to go with the uh, Cortez under and outs because once again, they they can't use him after he faces a team for the second time. The third time through the order, everyone turns into Ted Williams. So I, I can't I can't go with Cortez to really have a great start here. But he's not going to give them much depth. And the Yankees bullpen's been fine. They've had to use a lot of guys lately. I think I'm going to lean to Seattle, just based on recent form. Gilbert has been solid. It's going to be an ugly game, but I do think my favorite play is actually going to be a prop here. I'm going to take Cortez under on the outs, assuming that it's going to be less than 15.5 or so. I'll dare him to go five and a third, because I don't think he can. The Yankees have to realize how, how bad he is when he faces, uh, once again, a team for the third time in the order. I got to go with the under for Cortez outs.
0: Um, I love that, Scott. I love that analysis uh, and, and pick on quarters. Um, we did say last week that Seattle would go as Julio Rodriguez is going, and he's been hot lately, um, certainly firing up Seattle in this But Moonaf, what did you have on this one?
1: Yeah, I'll lean with the Yankees here in this game. Uh see a plus 105 right now. Uh, Logan Gilbert and two starts last season against the Yankees. Nine and one thirds innings pitch, 17 hits, 13 earned runs he allowed to the new york yankees um cortez was decent against the mariners last season but it's just his form this season you know like scott mentioned whether first time first two times to the order he's graded third time is where he gets into trouble so but the yankees have won throughout his last four starts i would probably look at a yankees team total over here again the road team you get nine all, all nine at nine at bats Logan Gilbert at home one and two with a three point zero four ERA, but I think the numbers that I saw in his two starts, like I mentioned, against the Yankees last year are a bit overwhelming for me to or not to uh to to ignore or to not ignore. So give me the Yankees team total over here, I'll take the Yankees money line as well.
0: The penalty mid game on the card tonight, is a 9.45 Eastern first pitch. Well done, half joining in. The Pittsburgh Pirates at the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Pittsburgh have Johan Oviedo going to the mound. And the Giants have our only TBD pitcher on the slate. Uh, nothing for the Giants. Ergo, no lines. Uh, Scott, we'll be talking off with This might be your opener situation. They did something similar. Um, if you got much you need, You can tell us about this one.
2: Yeah, well, they tried the same approach on, I believe it was Friday, in the opener against Milwaukee. Or it might have been Thursday. I think it was Thursday, actually. And they had a, an opener with Alexander who pitched an inning. Then Junis pitched about two and a third. And then Manaya pitched one inning out of the bullpen. They used about five or six different guys. It actually worked out they didn't give up a run. I'm going to go with the Giants on the run line here. Simply put, they've been playing really good baseball lately, and I feel like people haven't really talked about it. But to go through the numbers here for the Giants, they have – Uh, Sorry, just pulling it up quickly. Uh, They've won 10 of their last 13, and they're up by about four runs right now, so it might be 11 of their last 14. The Pirates have lost six of their last eight, potentially seven of their last nine, and Oviedo's been good at home. Problem is they're not at home because Oviedo on the road so far, 25 innings pitched, 5.04 ERA. I'm going to back the Giants, and the Giants have just been solid in general, and I do think that the Giants are a bit undervalued here. I think that them on the run line is probably worth a look, whatever the line's going to be. I'm assuming the Giants will be around what two dollars, one ninety. Probably they're going to yeah. be a bit cheaper because they don't have an they don't have an official starting pitcher. So I think it might be a good spot to get the Giants in for cheap on the run line here because the Pirates, we know the record is okay, pretty front loaded. They've been pretty underwhelming for the last month. Give me the team that's been quietly one of the hottest teams in the league for the last couple of weeks. Give me the Giants on the run line.
0: Yeah, absolutely right, Scott, about how unnoticed the Giants have plotted their way through um, the last few weeks. And I think I've been as guilty as anyone and kind of lazily just putting them in with the teams that you know what you expect low scoring team, Miami, the Guardians, the
2: Brewers, these kind of below average batting lineups. The well, so scoring the forward. Forward. Because they play in one of the most pitcher-packed yeah, ballparks I, in the league. So.
0: um but, yeah, they've been going um, really, really well. Michael Confort has been outstanding. I don't mind Oviedo. I, I've got no pick on this game. Um, I didn't have a, have a pitch in the guys so I've got nothing much to add other than, like I say, the Giants have gone along um, under the radar and been playing decent ball. Munaf?
1: Yeah, not much for me. I, I agree with everything you guys said about the Giants uh, right now. They're in really good form um, and can't back Oviedo. Uh, no matter what the price is for the Giants, I'd probably back Giants on the run line here.
0: Okay, final game of the evening. 10-10 Eastern first pitch. The Washington Nationals at the LA Dodgers. Jake Irvin for the Nationals. Tony Gonsolin for the Dodgers. Plus 245 on Washington. Minus 290 on the Dodgers. Total of nine. Scott, what can you do with this short-priced favourite?
2: Oh, I wanted to make a case for the Nationals, but I, I don't think I can do it. Irvin's last three appearances have been so brutal. 11 and a third innings pitch, 9.53 ERA. And Gonsolin has been really good for, a, what, about a season and a half, two seasons at this point. He's just been consistent. Yeah. And going through the last three appearances, 15 and two-thirds, only three total runs allowed. I got to go with the Dodgers here. I, I got Dodgers' run line. It's at like minus 145, minus 150. I wanted to make a case. But when your ERA is 9-plus in your last three outings and the Nationals, of course, are significantly inferior in terms of talent, i got to go with the Dodgers here. I like Gonsolin a lot. I like the lineup a lot. I don't like Irvin at all. Give me the Dodgers' run line. Maybe minus 2.5 if you think they bury him. I think they might bury the Nationals here. I think they, I think they win this game by probably 4-plus runs, give me the Dodgers. Yeah,
0: we've been quite keen on making a case for the Nationals over the last couple of weeks. They've been... More than competitive and generally at good prices as well, um, but I do worry for Irving here. I think he could get buried. You're absolutely right. Um, Tony Gonsalin, late start of the season and kind of everyone said, um, "Oh well, he can't do what he did last year." Um, he ended up with a, like a ridiculous amount of wins. Did he finish twenty and one or something? And people said, you're, "Well, that he can't was happen of again."
2: The finalist. He didn't win, but he was a finalist for the yeah. But um,
0: well, it turns out he can be like that again this year because that's how he started. Um, my picky, it was uh, first five run line here. I just think the Dodgers will get out, uh, hit Irvin early and often. Um, yeah, and put it to bed pretty quick. off uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to last season, Tony Gonsolin at home, 10-1 and with a 1.78 ERA, 64 strikeouts and 14 appearances. Now, uh, coincidentally enough, the one loss he did suffer was against the Washington Nationals uh, last year on July 25th. Uh, but when you have Jake Irvin on the mound, I mean Scott mentioned the numbers. Uh, the opposition has scored exactly at least, uh, or sorry, has scored exactly eight runs uh, in over his last three starts between the Mets, the the Tigers, and the Padres. So uh, we we'll probably look at some team totals over here for the Dodgers, whether that's our first five or full game bullpen for the Washington Nationals. It's below league average as well. Um, I think the Nationals may steal a game in this series. It's ju- I just don't think it'll be this one. So
0: uh Dodgers run line and then team totals overs for me thank you, you Moonaf. um ladies and gentlemen boys and girls 15 games handicapped um lock and dog time uh we'll let scott lead off scott what do you have
2: all right uh so for the lock for the show i'm contemplating what exactly i want to do because there are a couple of plays i do really like on the slate uh i think i'm gonna go with the Yeah, you know what? I'm going to trust my instincts here. I'm going to go back to that Milwaukee and Toronto game. I'm going to go with the under. I think 9.5 is too high. We mentioned before, Hazard's been solid this year, and the Brewers are the worst team in the league against left-handed pitching. So I think that that's going to cancel each other out. Plus, Milwaukee's offense, quietly, not been great lately. I know that they kind of exploded on Sunday, but that was a bit of an outlier. They did nothing for the first three games in that Giants series. I'm going to go with the under 9.5 in that game. That total feels a bit high.
0: And your dog?
2: Yeah, so my dog, uh, what do I want to do here? I got a couple of choices. I didn't really see many Moneyline dogs that I really liked, so I'm I'm not sure if I can really give one of those out. I do think, though, I'm going to go with the uh, fun play here, which is kind of obvious, but I'm going to do it. Give me the Braves minus 2.5 against Oakland, minus 3.5, whatever number you want. I don't, I don't really care. I think that even though Sears might pitch decently, I don't know how long he's going to go. Atlanta could potentially jump on them. Elder's been pretty good, but you're fading Oakland, which is always a good move. I believe if you're if you're blindly backing Oakland money line in the in the season and they're like plus two fifty every game, you're down twenty nine units. Twenty nine units backing <laughs> Oakland, and you're getting <laughs> roughly three to one every game. Yeah, it tells you how bad they are. I think they're the worst team ever constructed. So give me the Braves minus two and a half, or I'll give I'll take him two and a half. Give me the Braves minus two and a half, which should be around even money. I think they're going to jump them, and I think they probably win this game by four or five runs. So give me the Braves' alternative run line in that game.
0: Yeah, you need to see, like four to one every day about Oakland to make them backable, and you just never, ever, ever see it. So you even can't do it. One, if,
2: if, they, if they've lost 11 straight, are they still backable at four to one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah give
0: me a bit more. Moonaf, uh, Lock and Doug, what have you landed on?
1: Um,. I'm gonna go with what's uh, not broken for me, and it's it's not broken. Don't try to fix it. Arizona Diamondbacks, Zach Gallen, minus one and a half, minus one fifteen on the run line. Uh, we just discussed how dominant Zach Gallen has been at home so far this season for the Diamondbacks, five and zero with a point seven seven ERA. Um, he has had success against the Colorado Rockies, so I think that he'll be in top form here, Cy young form here. For Zach Gallon against the Rockies. So I'll take the minus one and a half, minus one fifteen as my lock. Uh for my dog, um a couple of ways uh we can go here. We don't see a run line price on the raise yet. I uh, don't think that'll be a plus price, but uh give me
2: I got creative with the alt one. You can try to do that with the raise if you want to.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be a plus price as well. I was going to take
2: like an alt Cubs team total. I thought about like two and a half, but I don't think we're going to get it. So I I couldn't really give that out.
1: I'm going to go with the Mets on the run line. Minus one and a half plus 155. We'll fade Ranger Suarez here. We talked about how bad he's been. Senga at home has been really good for the Mets. I know we discussed he hasn't faced the greatest offenses uh, at home, but I think that he can continue pitching well. I think Ranger Suarez will continue to be bad here. Um, I think the Mets should be able to get some runs against him because Suarez has just given it up in the, what, three to four starts that he has made so far this season. So at plus 155, I do like the value there. Minus one and a half, plus 155 with the Mets against the Phillies. Yeah, that's
0: a good pick, Boone, if I like that. Um, my lock is going to be a total, and it's going to be the over seven and a half in the Padres-Marlins game. Um, I think both starting pitches could contribute to uh, Weathers and Alcantara. Um, Weathers, we know, isn't great, but Alcantara's still um, not really being able to put it together for me. Uh, Miami just swept the Angels, and the, the Padres be more than competitive on this road trip. So that seven and a half looked a little bit too low. For my dog... I mean, I've backed myself into a corner here. Auckland first five. Um, I don't mind Sears. Um, and yeah, there's something going on with Elder that I'm not good enough to work out, but people better than me tell me uh, the wheels are about to come off. Uh, so tomorrow might be the day I'll take Auckland on the first five. We'll be a fancy price uh, against the Braves. Um, Scott, that was the first time, uh, the first show we've done together for about two years, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Um, Anything else happening this evening? What do we need to tell the people about before we go?
2: I uh, got game seven in basketball. So if you Is that What time does that start? Is that on soon? It's about two and a half hours.
0: Uh, okay, then. Well, that's way past you might be sleeping time. by then.
2: But- yeah, way past my bedtime. That- Yes, we got the Um, NBA show. We're going to be doing a uh, live reaction uh, post game uh, for, I shouldn't say live, actually. We're going to do a podcast. No, it will be live. What am I talking about? Yeah. We're going to be doing a live post game (laughs) reaction to game seven. So if you want to jump in, give your thoughts on how the game's rigged because Scott Foster and Tony and, uh, you know, you got brothers as the ref, jump in. But we got an NBA show later tonight. Besides that, we got NBA the entire week getting ready for the finals, regardless of who wins game seven. Got the tennis podcast as well. French Open started yesterday. So I've been busy there. Uh, so a lot of sports going on, a lot of fun, a lot of bets to be made, and a lot of money to be made.
0: Uh off, I saw you calling the um, the umpire and refereeing crew for the basketball. Were you right about that?
1: Yeah, uh, I got two of the three right. So we did get Scott Foster and you got the main two.
2: The yeah, third one, who cares? Yeah, third, third
1: one. one is who cares. So um, yeah, it should hopefully it's a good game here tonight um, in the NBA game seven is always exciting. So uh, again, if you're an NBA fan, tune into the. Live reaction show, uh Scott and Delante will be uh doing that. Uh but other than that, we'll be here for MLB throughout the week as usual, so looking forward to it.
0: Uh give me one pick, Moon. I have to put a pizza bet on out of my baseball winnings today. For the for the NBA. Oh, for anything. the NBA, yeah. I'm gonna wake up to a winner because of uh, you. I've got my pen uh, out. Do we just give him
1: heat plus seven and a half, Scott?
2: Oh, we can, unless you want to get creative. Do you want to give him a plus money plug? Or
1: you, no? you, I I uh yeah, go for it. I, I don't have a plus money play in it. Unless
0: you want to go right, eat sure. my line. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll go,
2: we'll go Jimmy Butler, 30 plus points. Jimmy, it's like an yeah, even money uh,
0: play. Write that down. 30, I'm, rather, I'm writing it down right now. Smashing. Why not? Uh, right. I'll look I know forward we're not
2: to off we talked about the game yesterday. So.
0: Yeah, he's, he's going to play the entire game. Perfect. Cheers. Um, yeah, the Premier League show will be back tomorrow night. Uh, where We're going to review the final day of the Premier League season, which was loads of fun. Uh, yesterday and then we've got the Europa League final on Wednesday and the FA Cup final on Saturday to preview so uh, keep your eyes peeled for me and Baz will be around this week doing stuff um, and thank you everyone in the comments that was uh, vibrant as always loads of good information and uh, good fun in there so uh, thanks to those people like great review thumbs up five stars all of that stuff um, thank you very much Scott thank you very much Munaf. Um we'll be back tomorrow some incarnation of the team Um, Good luck with your bets until then. We'll see you down the road. Cheers.